Inspired Talks Wednesday, June 19th, 1895 This day marks the beginning of the regular teaching given daily by Swami Vivekananda to his disciples at Thousand Island Park. We had not yet all assembled there, for the Master's heart was always in his work, so he commenced at once to teach the three or four who were with him. He came on this first morning with the Bible in his hand and opened to the book of John, saying that since we were all Christians, it was proper that he should begin with the Christian scriptures. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Hindu calls this Maya, the manifestation of God, because it is the power of God. The Absolute, reflecting through the universe, is what we call nature. The world has two manifestations, the general one of nature and the special one of the great incarnations of God, Krishna, Buddha, Jesus and Ramakrishna. Christ, the special manifestation of the Absolute, is known and knowable. The Absolute cannot be known. We cannot know the Father, only the Son. We can only see the Absolute through the tent of humanity, through Christ. In the first five verses of John is the whole essence of Christianity. Each verse is full of the profoundest philosophy. The perfect never becomes imperfect. It is in the darkness, but it is not affected by the darkness. God's mercy goes to all, but is not affected by their wickedness. The sun is not affected by any disease of our eyes, which may make us see it distorted. In the twenty-ninth verse, taketh away the sin of the world, means that Christ would show us the way to become perfect. God became Christ to show man his true nature, that we too are God. We are human coverings over the divine, but as the divine man, Christ and we are one. The Trinitarian Christ is elevated above us. The Unitarian Christ is merely a mortal man. Neither can help us. The Christ who is the incarnation of God, who has not forgotten his divinity, that Christ can help us. In him there is no imperfection. These incarnations are always conscious of their own divinity. They know it from their birth. They are like the actors whose play is over, but who, after their work is done, return to please others. These great ones are untouched by aught of earth. They assume our form and our limitations for a time in order to teach us, but in reality they are never limited, they are ever free. Good is near truth, but is not yet truth. After learning not to be disturbed by evil, we have to learn not to be made happy by good. We must find that we are beyond both evil and good. We must study their adjustment and see that they are both necessary. The idea of dualism is from the ancient Persians. Really, good and evil are one and are in our own mind. 
When the mind is self-poised, neither good nor bad affects it. Be perfectly free, then neither can affect it, and we enjoy freedom and bliss. Evil is the iron chain, good is the gold one, both are chains. Be free and know once for all that there is no chain for you. Lay hold of the golden chain to loosen the hold of the iron one, then throw both away. The thorn of evil is in our flesh. Take another thorn from the same bush and extract the first thorn, then throw away both and be free. In the world, always take the position of the giver. Give everything and look for no return. Give love, give help, give service, give any little thing you can, but keep out barter. Make no conditions and none will be imposed. Let us give out of our own bounty, just as God gives to us. The Lord is the only giver. All the world are only shopkeepers. Get his check and it must be honoured everywhere. God is the inexplicable, inexpressible essence of love, to be known but never defined. In our miseries and struggles, the world seems to us a very dreadful place. But just as when we watch two puppies playing and biting, we do not concern ourselves at all, realising that it is only fun and that even a sharp nip now and then will do no actual harm, so all our struggles are but play in God's eyes. This world is all for play and only amuses God, Nothing in it can make God angry. Mother, in the sea of life my bark is sinking. The whirlwind of illusion, the storm of attachment is growing every moment. My five oarsmen, senses are foolish, and the helmsman, mind, is weak. My bearings are lost, my boat is sinking. O mother, save me. Mother, thy light stops not for the saint or the sinner. It animates the lover and the murderer. Mother is ever manifesting through all. The light is not polluted by what it shines on, nor benefited by it. The light is ever pure, ever changeless. Behind every creature is the mother, pure, Lovely, never changing. Mother manifested as light in all beings, we bow down to thee. She is equally in suffering, hunger, pleasure, sublimity. When the bee sucks honey, the Lord is eating. Knowing that the Lord is everywhere, the sages give up praising and blaming. Know that nothing can hurt you. How? Are you not free? Are you not Atman? He is the life of our lives, the hearing of our ears, the sight of our eyes. We go through the world like a man pursued by a policeman and see the barest glimpses of the beauty of it. 
All this fear that pursues us comes from believing in matter. Matter gets its whole existence from the presence of mind behind it. What we see is God percolating through nature. Sunday, June the 23rd Be brave and be sincere. Then follow any path with devotion and you must reach the whole. Once lay hold of one link of the chain, and the whole chain must come by degrees. Water the roots of the tree, that is, reach the Lord, and the whole tree is watered. Getting the Lord, we get all. One-sidedness is the bane of the world. The more sides you can develop, the more souls you have and you can see the universe through all souls, through the bhakta and the jnani. Determine your own nature and stick to it. Nishta, devotion to one ideal, is the only method for the beginner, but with devotion and sincerity it will lead to all. Churches, doctrines, forms are the hedges to protect the tender plant but they must later be broken down that the plant may become a tree. So the various religions, Bibles, Vedas, dogmas, all are just tubs for the little plant, but it must get out of the tub. Nishta is, in a manner, placing the plant in the tub, shielding the struggling soul in its path. Look at the ocean and not at the wave. See no difference between the ant and the angel. Every worm is the brother of the Nazarene. How say one is greater and one less? Each is great in his own place. We are in the sun and in the stars as much as here. Spirit is beyond space and time and is everywhere. Every mouth praising the Lord is my mouth. Every eye seeing is my eye. We are confined nowhere. We are not body. The universe is our body. We are magicians waving magic wands and creating scenes before us at will. We are the spider in his huge web who can go on the varied strands wheresoever he desires. The spider is now only conscious of the spot where he is, but he will in time become conscious of the whole web. We are now conscious only where the body is. We can use only one brain. But when we reach ultra-consciousness, we know all. We can use all brains. Even now we can give the push in consciousness and it goes beyond and acts in the superconscious. We are striving to be, and nothing more. No I, even, just pure crystal, reflecting all, but ever the same. When that state is reached, there is no more doing. The body becomes a mere mechanism, pure without care for it. It cannot become impure. Know you are the infinite, then fear must die. 
say ever, I and my Father are one. In time to come, Christ's will be in numbers, like bunches of grapes on a vine. Then the play will be over and will pass out, as water in a kettle beginning to boil shows first one bubble, then another, then more and more, until all is in ebullition and passes out as steam. Buddha and Christ are the two biggest bubbles the world has yet produced. Moses was a tiny bubble. Greater and greater ones came. Sometime, however, all will be bubbles and escape. But creation, ever new, will bring new water to go through the process all over again. Monday, June the 24th The reading today was from the Bhakti Sutras by Narada. Extreme love to God is Bhakti, and this love is the real immortality, getting which a man becomes perfectly satisfied, sorrows for no loss, and is never jealous, knowing which a man becomes mad. My master used to say, This world is a huge lunatic asylum, where all men are mad, some after money, some after women, some after name or fame, and a few after God. I prefer to be mad after God. God is the philosopher's stone that turns us to gold in an instant. The form remains, but the nature is changed. The human form remains, but no more can we hurt or sin. Thinking of God, some weep, some sing, some laugh, some dance, some say wonderful things, but all speak of nothing but God. Prophets preach, but the incarnations like Jesus, Buddha, Ramakrishna, can give religion. One glance, one touch is enough. That is the power of the Holy Ghost, the laying on of hands, The power was actually transmitted to the disciples by the Master. The chain of Guru power. That, the real baptism, has been handed down for untold ages. Bhakti cannot be used to fulfil any desires, itself being the check to all desires. Narada gives these as the signs of love. When all thoughts... All words and all deeds are given up unto the Lord and the least forgetfulness of God makes one intensely miserable, then love has begun. This is the highest form of love because therein is no desire for reciprocity, which desire is in all human love. A man who has gone beyond social and scriptural usage, he is a sannyasin. When the whole soul goes to God, when we take refuge only in God, then we know that we are about to get this love. Obey the scriptures until you are strong enough to do without them, then go beyond them. Books are not an end-all. Verification is the only proof of religious truth. Each must verify for himself 
and no teacher who says, I have seen, but you cannot, is to be trusted. Only that one who says, you can see too. All scriptures, all truths, evade us in all times, in all countries, because these truths are to be seen, and anyone may discover them. When the sun of love begins to break on the horizon, we want to give up all our actions unto God, and when we forget him for a moment, it grieves us greatly. Let nothing stand between God and your love for him. Love him, love him, love him, and let the world say what it will. Love is of three sorts. One demands but gives nothing. The second is exchange, and the third is love without thought of return. Love like that of the moth for the light. Love is higher than works, than yoga, than knowledge. Work is merely a schooling for the doer. It can do no good to others. We must work out our own problem. The prophets only show us how to work. What you think you become. So if you throw your burden on Jesus, you will have to think of him and thus become like him. You love him. Extreme love and highest knowledge are one. But theorising about God will not do. We must love and work. Give up the world and all worldly things, especially while the plant is tender. Day and night think of God and think of nothing else as far as possible. The daily necessary thoughts can all be thought through God. Eat to him. Drink to him, sleep to him, see him in all. Talk of God to others, this is most beneficial. Get the mercy of God and of his greatest children. These are the two chief ways to God. The company of these children of light is very hard to get. Five minutes in their company will change a whole life. And if you really want it enough one will come to you. The presence of those who love God makes a place holy. Such is the glory of the children of the Lord. They are he, and when they speak, their words are scriptures. The place where they have been becomes filled with their vibrations, and those going there feel them and have a tendency to become holy also. To such lovers there is no distinction of caste, learning, beauty, birth, wealth or occupation, because all are his. Give up all evil company, especially at the beginning. Avoid worldly company, that will distract your mind. Give up all me and mine. To him who has nothing in the universe, the Lord comes. Cut the bondage of all worldly affections. Go beyond laziness and all care as to what becomes of you. Never turn back to see the result of what you have done. 
Give all to the Lord, and go on, and think not of it. The whole soul pours in a continuous current to God. There is no time to seek money, or name, or fame. No time to think of anything but God. Then will come into our hearts that infinite, wonderful bliss of love. All desires are but beads of glass. Love of God increases every moment and is ever new, to be known only by feeling it. Love is the easiest of all. It waits for no logic. It is natural. We need no demonstration, no proof. Reasoning is limiting something by our own minds. We throw a net and catch something, and then say that we have demonstrated it. But never, never can we catch God in a net. Love should be unrelated. Even when we love wrongly, it is of the true love, of the true bliss. The power is the same, use it as we may. Its very nature is peace and bliss. The murderer, when he kisses his baby, forgets for an instant all but love. Give up all self, all egotism. Get out of anger, lust, give all to God. I am not, but thou art. The old man is gone, only thou remainest. I am thou. Blame none. If evil comes, know the Lord is playing with you, and be exceeding glad. Love is beyond time and space. It is absolute. Tuesday, June the 25th. After every happiness comes misery. They may be far apart or near. The more advanced the soul, the more quickly does one follow the other. What we want is neither happiness nor misery. Both make us forget our true nature. Both are chains, one iron, one gold. Behind both is the Atman, who knows neither happiness nor misery. These are states, and states must ever change. For the nature of the soul is bliss, peace unchanging. We have not to get it, we have it. Only wash away the dross and see it. Stand upon the self, then only can we truly love the world. Take a very, very high stand. Knowing our universal nature, we must look with perfect calmness upon all the panorama of the world. It is but a baby's play, and we know that, so cannot be disturbed by it. If the mind is pleased with praise, it will be displeased with blame. All pleasures of the senses, or even of the mind, are evanescent. But within ourselves is the one true unrelated pleasure, Dependent upon nothing. It is perfectly free. It is bliss. The more our bliss is within, the more spiritual we are. 
The pleasure of the self is what the world calls religion. The internal universe, the real, is infinitely greater than the external, which is only a shadowy projection of the true one. This world is neither true nor untrue. It is the shadow of truth. Imagination is the gilded shadow of truth, says the poet. We enter into creation, and then for us it becomes living. Things are dead in themselves, only we give them life, and then like fools, we turn around and are afraid of them, or enjoy them. But be not like certain fisherwomen, who, caught in a storm on their way home from market, took refuge in the house of a florist. They were lodged for the night in a room next to the garden where the air was full of the fragrance of flowers. In vain did they try to rest, until one of their number suggested that they wet their fishy baskets and placed them near their heads. Then they all fell into a sound sleep. The world is our fish basket. We must not depend upon it for enjoyment. Those who do are the tamasas or the bound. Then there are the rajasas or the egotistical, who talk always about I, I. They do good work sometimes and may become spiritual. But the highest are the sattvikas, the introspective, those who live only in the self. These three qualities tamas, rajas and sattva are in everyone and different ones predominate at different times. Creation is not a making of something. It is the struggle to regain the equilibrium as when atoms of cork are thrown to the bottom of a pail of water and rush to rise to the top singly or in clusters. Life is and must be accompanied by evil. A little evil is the source of life. The little wickedness that is in the world is very good, for when the balance is regained, the world will end, because sameness and destruction are one. When this world goes, good and evil go with it. But when we can transcend this world, We get rid of both good and evil and have bliss. There is no possibility of ever having pleasure without pain, good without evil, for living itself is just the lost equilibrium. What we want is freedom, not life, nor pleasure, nor good. Creation is infinite, without beginning and without end the ever-moving ripple in an infinite lake. There are yet unreached depths and others where the equilibrium has been regained, but the ripple is always progressing. The struggle to regain the balance is eternal. Life and death are only different names for the same fact, the two sides of the one coin. Both are Maya, the inexplicable state of striving at one time to live and a moment later to die. 
Beyond this is the true nature, the Atman. While we recognize a God, it is really only the self from which we have separated ourselves and worship as outside of us. But it is our true self all the time, the one and only God. To regain the balance, we must counteract tamas by rajas, then conquer rajas by sattva, the calm, beautiful state that will grow and grow until all else is gone. Give up bondage, become a son, be free. Then you can see the Father as did Jesus. Infinite strength is religion and God. Avoid weakness and slavery. You are only a soul if you are free. There is immortality for you if you are free. There is a God if he is free. The world for me, not I for the world. Good and evil are our slaves, not we theirs. It is the nature of the brute to remain where he is, not to progress. It is the nature of man to seek good and avoid evil. It is the nature of God to seek neither, but just to be eternally blissful. Let us be gods. Make the heart like an ocean and go beyond all the trifles of the world. Be mad with joy even at evil. See the world as a picture and then enjoy its beauty, knowing that nothing affects you. Children finding glass beads in a mud puddle, that is the good of the world. Look at it with calm complacency. See good and evil as the same. Both are merely God's play. Enjoy all. My master used to say, All is God, but tiger God is to be shunned. All is water, but we avoid dirty water for drinking. The whole sky is the censer of God, and the sun and moon are the lamps. What temple is needed? All eyes are thine, yet thou hast not an eye. All hands are thine, yet thou hast not a hand. Neither seek nor avoid, take what comes. It is liberty to be affected by nothing. Do not merely endure, be unattached. Remember the story of the bull. A mosquito sat long on the horn of a certain bull. Then his conscience troubled him and he said, Mr. Bull, I have been sitting here a long time. Perhaps I annoy you. I'm sorry, I will go away. But the bull replied, Oh no, not at all. Bring your whole family and live on my horn. What can you do to me? Wednesday, June 26th Our best work is done, our greatest influence is exerted, when we are without thought of self. All great geniuses know this. Let us open ourselves to the one divine actor, and let him act, and do nothing ourselves.
O Arjuna, I have no duty in the whole world, says Krishna. Be perfectly resigned, perfectly unconcerned, then alone can you do any true work. No eyes can see the real forces, we can only see the results. Put out self, lose it, forget it, just let God work, it is his business. We have nothing to do but stand aside and let God work. The more we go away, the more God comes in. Get rid of the little eye, and let only the great eye live. We are what our thoughts have made us, so take care of what you think. Words are secondary. Thoughts live, they travel far. Each thought we think is tinged with our own character, so that for the pure and holy man, even his jests or abuse will have the twist of his own love and purity and do good. Desire nothing. Think of God and look for no return. It is the desireless who bring results. The begging monks carry religion to every man's door, but they think that they do nothing, they claim nothing, their work is unconsciously done. If they should eat of the tree of knowledge, they would become egoists, and all the good they do would fly away. As soon as we say, I, we are humbugged all the time, and we call it knowable, but it is only going round and round like a bullock tied to a tree. The Lord has hidden himself best, and his work is best, so he who hides himself best accomplishes most. Conquer yourself, and the whole universe is yours. In the state of sattva, we see the very nature of things, We go beyond the senses and beyond reason. The adamantine wall that shuts us in is egoism. We refer everything to ourselves, thinking I do this, that and the other. Get rid of this puny I. Kill this diabolism in us. Not I, but thou. Say it, feel it, live it. Until we give up the world manufactured by the ego, never can we enter the kingdom of heaven. None ever did, none ever will. To give up the world is to forget the ego, to know it not at all, living in the body but not of it. This rascal ego must be obliterated. Bless men when they revile you, Think how much good they are doing you. They can only hurt themselves. Go where people hate you. Let them thrash the ego out of you, and you will get nearer to the Lord. Like the mother monkey, we hug our baby the world as long as we can. But at last, when we are driven to put it under our feet and step on it, then we are ready to come to God. Blessed it is to be persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are we if we cannot read. We have less to take us away from God. 
Enjoyment is the million-headed serpent that we must tread underfoot. We renounce and go on, then find nothing and despair. But hold on, hold on. The world is a demon. It is a kingdom of which this puny ego is king. Put it away and stand firm. Give up lust and gold and fame, and hold fast to the Lord, and at last we shall reach a state of perfect indifference. The idea that the gratification of the senses constitutes enjoyment is purely materialistic. There is not one spark of real enjoyment there. All the joy there is is a mere reflection of the true bliss. Those who give themselves up to the Lord do more for the world than all the so-called workers. One man who has purified himself thoroughly accomplishes more than a regiment of preachers. Out of purity and silence comes the word of power. Be like a lily, stay in one place and expand your petals and the bees will come of themselves. There was a great contrast between Keshab Chandra Sen and Sri Ramakrishna. The second never recognized any sin or misery in the world, no evil to fight against. The first was a great ethical reformer, leader and founder of the Brahmo Samaj. After twelve years, the quiet prophet of Dakshineshwar had worked a revolution not only in India but in the world. The power is with the silent ones who only live and love and then withdraw their personality. They never say me and mine. They are only blessed in being instruments. Such men are the makers of Christs and Buddhas, ever living, fully identified with God ideal existences, asking nothing and not consciously doing anything. They are the real movers, the jivan muktas, absolutely selfless, the little personality entirely blown away, ambition non-existent. They are all principle, no personality. Thursday June the 27th. Swami brought the New Testament this morning and talked again on the book of John. Muhammad claimed to be the comforter that Christ promised to send. He considered it unnecessary to claim a supernatural birth for Jesus. Such claims have been common in all ages and in all countries. All great men have claimed gods for their fathers. Knowing is only relative. We can be God, but never know him. Knowledge is a lower state. Adam's fall was when he came to know. Before that he was God, he was truth, he was purity. We are our own faces but can see only a reflection, never the real thing. We are love, but when we think of it, we have to use a phantasm, 
which proves that matter is only externalized thought. Nivriti is turning aside from the world. Hindu mythology says that the four first created were warned by a swan, God himself, that manifestation was only secondary, so they remained without creating. The meaning of this is that expression is degeneration, because spirit can only be expressed by the latter, and then the latter killeth. Yet principle is bound to be clothed in matter, though we know that later we shall lose sight of the real in the covering. Every great teacher understands this, and that is why a continual succession of prophets has come to show us the principle and give it a new covering suited to the times. My master taught that religion is one. All prophets teach the same, but they can only present the principle in a form, so they take it out of the old form and put it before us in a new one. When we free ourselves from name and form, especially from a body, When we need no body, good or bad, then only do we escape from bondage. Eternal progression is eternal bondage. Annihilation of form is to be preferred. We must get free from any body, even a God body. God is the only real existence. There cannot be two. There is but one soul, and I am that. Good works are only valuable as a means of escape. They do good to the doer, never to any other. Knowledge is mere classification. When we find many things of the same kind, we call the sum of them by a certain name and are satisfied. We discover facts, never why. We take a circuit in a wider field of darkness and think we know something. No why can be answered in this world. For that we must go to God. The knower can never be expressed. It is as when a grain of salt drops into the ocean. It is at once merged in the ocean. Differentiation creates. Homogeneity or sameness is God. Get beyond differentiation. Then you conquer life and death and reach eternal sameness and are in God, our God. Get freedom, even at the cost of life. All lives belong to us as leaves to a book. But we are unchanged, the witness, the soul, upon whom the impression is made, as when the impression of a circle is made upon the eyes when a firebrand is rapidly whirled round and round. The soul is the unity of all personalities, and because it is at rest, eternal, unchangeable, it is God, Atman. It is not life, but it is coined into life. It is not pleasure, 
but it is manufactured into pleasure. Today God is being abandoned by the world because he does not seem to be doing enough for the world. So they say, of what good is he? Shall we look upon God as a mere municipal authority? All we can do is to put down all desires, hates, differences. Put down the lower self, commit mental suicide as it were. Keep the body and mind pure and healthy, but only as instruments to help us to God. That is their one true use. Seek truth for truth's sake alone. Look not for bliss. It may come, but do not let that be your incentive. Have no motive except God. Dare to come to truth even through hell. Friday, June 28th. The entire party went on a picnic for the day, and although the Swami talked constantly, as he did wherever he was, no notes were taken and no record, therefore, of what he said remains. As he began his breakfast before setting out, however, he remarked, Be thankful for all food. It is Brahman. His universal energy is transmuted into our individual energy and helps us in all that we do. Saturday, June 29th. The Swami came this morning with a Gita in his hand. Krishna, the Lord of Souls, talks to Arjuna, or Gudukesha, Lord of Sleep, he who has conquered sleep. The field of virtue, the battlefield, is this world. The five brothers, representing righteousness, fight the hundred other brothers, all that we love and have to contend against. The most heroic brother, Arjuna, the awakened soul, is the general. We have to fight all sense delights, the things to which we are most attached, to kill them. We have to stand alone. We are Brahman. All other ideas must be merged in this one. Krishna did everything, but without any attachment. He was in the world, but not of it. Do all work, but without attachment. Work for work's sake, never for yourself. Freedom can never be true of name and form. It is the clay out of which we, the pots, are made. Then it is limited and not free. So that freedom can never be true of the related. One pot can never say, I am free, as a pot. Only if it loses all idea of form does it become free. The whole universe is only the self with variations, the one tune made bearable by variation. Sometimes there are discords, but they only make the subsequent harmony more perfect. 
In the universal melody, three ideas stand out. Freedom, strength and sameness. If your freedom hurts others, you are not free there. You must not hurt others. To be weak is to be miserable, says Milton. Doing and suffering are inseparably joined. Often too, the man who laughs most is the one who suffers most. To work you have the right, not the fruits thereof. Evil thoughts, looked at materially, are the diseased bacilli. Each thought is a little hammer blow on the lump of iron which our bodies are, manufacturing out of it what we want to be. We are heirs to all the good thoughts of the universe if we open ourselves to them. The book is all in us. Fool, hearest not thou. In thine own heart day and night is singing that eternal music. Satchidananda, Soham, Soham. Existence, knowledge, bliss absolute. I am he, I am he. The fountain of all knowledge is in every one of us, in the ant as in the highest angel. Real religion is one, but we quarrel with the forms, the symbols, the illustrations. The millennium exists already for those who find it. We have lost ourselves and then think the world is lost. Perfect strength will have no activity in this world. It only is. It does not act. While real perfection is only one, relative perfections must be many. Sunday, June the 30th To try to think without a phantasm is to try to make the impossible possible. We cannot think mammalia without a concrete example. So with the idea of God. The great abstraction of ideas in the world is what we call God. Each thought has two parts, the thinking and the word, and we must have both. Neither idealists nor materialists are right. We must take both idea and expression. All knowledge is of the reflected, as we can only see our face in a mirror. No one will ever know his own self or God, but we are that own self. We are God. In Nirvana you are when you are not. Buddha said, you are best, you are real when you are not when the little self is gone. The divine light within is obscured in most people. It is like a lamp in a cask of iron. No gleam of light can shine through. Gradually, by purity and unselfishness, we can make the obscuring medium less and less dense, until at last it becomes as transparent as glass. Sri Ramakrishna was like an iron cask transformed into a glass cask. 
through which can be seen the inner light as it is. We are all on our way to become the cask of glass and even higher and higher reflections. As long as there is a cask at all, we must think through material means. No impatient one can ever succeed. Great saints are the object lessons of the principle, but the disciples make the saint the principle, and then they forget the principle in the person. The result of Buddha's constant inveighing against a personal god was the introduction of idols into India. In the Vedas they knew them not, because they saw God everywhere. But the reaction against the loss of God as creator and friend was to make idols, and Buddha became an idol. So too with Jesus. The range of idols is from wood and stone to Jesus and Buddha, but we must have idols. Violent attempts at reform always end by retarding reform. Do not say, you are bad. Say only, you are good, but be better. Priests are an evil in every country because they denounce and criticise, pulling at one string to mend it until two or three others are out of place. Love never denounces, only ambition does that. There is no such thing as righteous anger or justifiable killing. If you do not allow one to become a lion, he will become a fox. Women are a power, only now it is more for evil, because man oppresses woman. She is the fox, but when she is no longer oppressed, she will become the lion. Ordinarily speaking, Spiritual aspiration ought to be balanced through the intellect, otherwise it may degenerate into mere sentimentality. All theists agree that behind the changeable there is an unchangeable, though they vary in their conception of the ultimate. Buddha denied this in toto. There is no Brahman, no Atman, no soul, he said. As a character, Buddha was the greatest the world has ever seen. Next to him, Christ. But the teachings of Krishna as taught by the Gita are the grandest the world has ever known. He who wrote that wonderful poem was one of those rare souls whose lives send a wave of regeneration through the world. The human race will never again see such a brain as his who wrote the Gita. There is only one power, whether manifesting as evil or good. God and the devil are the same river with the water flowing in opposite directions.